0: I'm Michelle Ely from the Starling Tribune, an Arrow TV show fan podcast, part of the Gunner Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other amazing geeky shows at GunnerGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 186 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we will learn a little about Google Hangouts on air going away.
1: In this week's Better Podcasting download, we learn a little about podcaster opinions on big money entering podcasting.
0: And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we learn a little about if you need sunscreen to podcast.
1: But first, Laura needs to start the show because we're shaking things up this week. And we've got not only a how I saved my podcast story at the beginning, but also an update about a one goal from last year.
2: Welcome to Better Podcasting a show where we talk about podcast tips, tools, and best practices to help you succeed with your podcast. What makes us different? Well, just like you, we podcast purely out of the love and fun of it. Podcasting is our hobby, and we recognize that it's yours too. We always encourage your questions and feedback, and you can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. Here's your host for the show, Stephen John Drew, and Stargate
1: Pioneer. Welcome to episode 186 of Better Podcasting. I am Steven John Drew and I'm pleased to say that he's only 86 years old, but Stargate Pioneer's here.
0: I might feel 86, man, I've been (laughs) on the treadmill and just, yeah, the knees and the... Oh, the the quads and everything. But my back is better, so that's good. And yeah, my back! My back! 86 years old! I am not 86 years old.
1: <laughs> well, if you missed the opening there, we do have a bit of a, a change in usual format before we get to our feature segment this week. And we're going to kick it all off with a How I save My Podcast story. Is this is the first time you've checked out Better Podcasting, we like to kick off each episode with a How I save My Podcast story. And if we don't have one of those, a How I Could Have Saved My Podcast story. Well, today... We actually have a submission from a David Tony about starting a podcast and how he saved that podcast that he was starting. We'll go ahead and turn it over to Stargate Pioneer to read this out because he says words better than me.
0: David Tony says, quote, I haven't even started the podcast yet, but feel like I've done a little bit of saving for when I start it. The podcast idea is basically a discussion about our local small town in Southern California. For being a small town, we have a lot of issues to discuss. A school bond that was defeated last year, a very vocal group against building a new high school, lots of small town business owners, safety issues. We have narrow farm roads in big time SoCal. How do we deal with that? We're in a high fire danger area, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I wanted to have an interview show that would talk to individuals, school teachers, business owners, interesting members of the community to learn more about the people in the community and the stories and issues around them. I also wanted to have roundtable discussions where I would have three to five people sitting around to discuss the hot button issues. For example, should we build a high school? Should we redo a road intersection, Etc. I realized that was reaching a bit too far. I don't have the equipment for three to five people. I don't want to spend the money to build out that equipment yet. But even more important, I don't know that I have the chops for that yet. Doing a one-on-one show is probably the better idea for the immediate future. Since I am friends with a number of the people that would participate, I already know the level of energy they bring. And it's a lot. A lot more than I think I could handle to produce a great podcast for the community. So stay focused, start small, and don't try to do everything at the beginning. There's plenty of time to grow this into something bigger for the community. Steven, you went gaga over this, and I actually was like, yeah, it was great too.
1: You know what I love about this How I Save My Podcast story is that even though it's not launched yet, you saved it because of the fact that you're not biting off more than you can chew. It's fantastic. i um, we see podcasters get so obsessed with their perfect vision. I must wait until I have that perfect vision. And they just stretch themselves way too thin and thus they don't end up actually starting their show. And this is good because you knew to ease off the reins a little bit so that you can help get this going. And yes, interviewing actually even just one person takes a lot of work, throw a few people in there and now you're trying to stop over talking You're probably going to get some debate with the concept that you're talking about. How are you going to moderate that? Do you have the skills to do that without being able to uh, come off as just being abrupt and stifling people? It's definitely something that you absolutely are going to take a lot of what you learn as you start off your show as a one-on-one and apply that when it is time for you to go up that or down that avenue should you want to. So I really love this. Great job knowing that it wasn't exactly what you could handle and easing off as such. I love this story.
0: And for a local podcast, you might not end up with a lot of listenership to begin with. And if you want to start tackling those big issues, it might be better to wait until you have a little bit more of an, a listenership before you start tackling the bigger issues. And also when you start a podcast and Steven, I'll go back to when we started better podcasts and we came up with the idea around the holiday time frame of December 2014. And then we didn't actually release an episode until October 2015. It took us 10 months to assemble the music, to assemble the bumps, to actually integrate the video stuff. And for this particular case, we'll just align video to what he's trying to do with a round table of three to five people because he doesn't know how to do that. And at the time, we didn't know how to integrate video into a hobby podcast the way we do today, just because we had the vision of what we wanted to do, but we didn't have the expertise and the experience with the systems in order to pull it off. So there was a lot of stuff that we were pulling together in order to start the podcast. We had the topics just like he did, just like David does, but we just didn't have the format just the way we wanted to. We didn't have the technical capabilities assembled, and it took us ten months. And I will equate that to what David's trying to do here to his three to five person roundtable is his equipment hurdle, his technical hurdle. He doesn't know how to do that. So start, where you are more comfortable with, because I guarantee you, when you're in the production mode, it's going to take you a lot longer to do things at the start. And if you make it too complicated, that first episode might take a month, two months, something like that, and it's just not going to be good. So start where you can reach, where you can teach yourself, and then expand from there. It's what we've done. It's what you've done over 10 years. It's what I've done over eight or so years myself.
1: I'm trying to reach SP and I I can't reach. Is that what you mean?
0: Reach? I thought you were trying to use the force like Ray in uh, Star Wars. Oh, fair enough. Okay.
1: Uh, seriously though, thank you very much for sending this how I save my podcast story. We do really appreciate that. And if you have a how I save my podcast story of your own, it could be something like this. It could be smaller, it could be bigger. Let us know through any of the ways. Go ahead and email us podcast at betterpodcasting.com. If you'd like, you can head over to Discord and submit it there at uh, betterpodcasting.com slash Discord or send us a video and audio clip. It's always great to have that because we do have a full video companion of the show available at betterpodcasting.com. Now, let's move on to a little section here that we've got because we do have an update from somebody about the one thing challenge that we issued last year. Yes, if you missed that. We encouraged everybody in the better or the late half, maybe it was the better half of 2018, to send a one thing that you wanted to focus on for 2019 goal. We mentioned it before. My thing was enunciating. I needed to enunciate more. SP said that he wanted to fire me. He's still working on that. But we had our own goals ourselves and we encouraged you to send that in. And we've been asking you to submit to us an update on your goal that you made. And we've had a couple come in. Uh, to be honest, we'd like to see more, but we're trying to share them as they come in because we want to just sprinkle through our shows, bit of updates, and get people thinking a little bit about the progress that they've made as we are halfway through the year now. Who do we have a submission from this week, Espy?
0: Oh, we have our honorable listener, Stephanie from the other side of the planet, actually. And this is really neat. Uh, she actually sent in a video submission and we're going to play it and you're going to see the background. You're going to hear the background noise. But what's really important, look at her passion. And she's just really excited about improving her show.
1: Let's go ahead and play that now.
3: Hello Steven and SP, and hello fellow podcasters. I am in Shanghai, China, just walking down the street making the video for the update on our one thing we want to do differently in 2019. So here goes. I actually had to listen back because I had a lot more than one thing on my actual like to-do list, but uh, we were only allowed to list once, so here we go. My one thing is I wanted to stop interrupting my guests, and um, I'm pleasantly surprised to say that I've gotten so much better with that. Uh, I do look down at my notes and I, I, I write stuff more when I want to just start talking over them. but. Um, but I've gotten much better at not just jumping in. I also am curtailing a bit of my mm-hmm, aha, uh-huh, yeah, cause I have noticed those are really hard to get out when I use Zoom, uh, Zoom cloud recording, when I do remote interviews because that's one track and I can't get those out. And sometimes when there are so many of them, even though it kind of, it feels like a way to keep the conversation going, it feels very distracting as a listener when I'm editing it later. So that's kind of like a sub thing that I'm doing too, is I'm trying to curtail a bit of those, at least when it's only one track. So progress. So by making that recording all those months ago, which doesn't even feel like very long ago, it did actually get it planted in my mind to do that. In fact, it's so much so that I did an in- my first interview with two interviewers and one interviewee, and I don't know why I'm doing this, <laughs> where I had to, um, where we were all on one track on Zoom and um, we were all remote in different places obviously, and I really, really held back then because I knew that a few of us could have been talking over each other at different points and we didn't! And it was fantastic and it was some of the easiest editing that I've had because none of us were making weird sounds or talking over each other, which just seems like a friggin' miracle. (laughs) So I'm really, really excited about this goal. I had no idea I even achieved this goal until this very moment when I had to reflect back on it. So thank you both for the wonderful work that you do. Uh, Better podcasting is by far one of the top, one of the top things I recommend for podcasters or people interested in podcasting when I meet them in Shanghai, and I meet them a lot. People are very, very interested in starting podcasts here. In fact, I'm doing a new podcaster's workshop now, much to the chagrin because I gave up teaching a while ago, but um, I can't help it, I love sharing. Thank you so much, and uh, yeah, see you next time.
0: That was awesome to see and hear that. And I know there was a lot of, for the audio listeners out there, I know there's a lot of background noise, but that is the feedback that you get sometimes. And for her, this the excitement and the city sounds fed into that excitement. It was great. And she was excited about working towards her one goal for 2019 to better herself, better her podcast Which is great. And then at the end, she says, I just love to share. Well, that's why we like doing better podcasting, because both Stephen and I like to share. I know that's part of both of our jobs. I don't speak about my job often and probably won't. But that's part about both of our jobs is we like to share and teach. And that is why we like to do better podcasting is we want to see other people do better with their podcasting. And so great to see Stephanie doing better with her show on the other side of the planet. That is so cool to get a video like that from Shanghai.
1: It is. And I have to say that for the audio listeners who aren't checking out the video side of things, what Stephanie was doing was walking around the streets and you're seeing all of everything behind her, where she is. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And yes, I know there's all sorts of people who are probably going, well, the audio quality, there's all these distractions. I don't care. I don't care. This is somebody who is showing us where they are. And I I think it's fantastic. I have to say, when I actually heard or watched this for the first time, I could feel my eyes getting a little misty because it is so cool to see where you're at, Stephanie. And I, I really, really, really enjoy people who do that. Uh, who cares about audio quality anything like that honestly i thought it sounded great i thought it sounded great uh very clear to hear her uh yes background noise but who cares really cool just to see that for the video side of the viewers and uh, if you want to send us something like that so we can see where you're at feel free to it's it's awesome but you know what like i said stephanie was really clear so she has set the bar set the bar at that quality (laughs)
0: I do have one recommendation if you're going to do it for vlogging, micro vlogging purposes or whatever, get a gimbal stabilizer for your phone so that you just pull it out of your coat pocket, your purse, your whatever, your briefcase and just throw it on there and take a little bit better stabilized video. But actually, she was doing a great job of holding that phone stable. So I don't know if it was digitally stabilized or if it was her holding it solid, but she was doing a great job at that.
1: Absolutely. So please send us an update on your one thing, or if you set yourself a goal for 2019, didn't submit it, but want to give us an update on it. Why don't you just tell us about what that goal was and how you're making with that? Because it's good to always think about your goals and where you want to go with your show. Speaking of where you want to go with your show, let's talk a little bit about that. Now that Hangouts on Air is going to be dead.
0: For those of you who follow us on Twitter, you may have noticed that last week we posted an article to the GunnaGeek.com website, which highlighted a sad moment in the podcasting world, the end of Hangouts On Air. Now, in case you missed our past episodes, we've spoken quite a bit about Hangouts On Air, even if you're not doing video podcasts. So in case you're not familiar with the capability itself, Hangouts On Air is a service that Google created years ago, which allows users to easily broadcast a group video call to YouTube for others to watch. Originally, the service was tied to Google+, Plus, but when that ended, it rolled into YouTube as YouTube Live, as an extension or a plug-in to YouTube Live. In the last week or so, Notices have been coming out on Hangouts on Air, saying that the Hangouts on Air was ending by the end of this year, 2019. With Hangouts on Air going away, we thought we'd take this episode to discuss a few things related to this capability. But before we get to that, we want to highlight the reason why we're wanting to spend an episode talking about the things based on why it's going away. Well, for podcasters, video and audio podcasters, there's been a lot of people who have adopted Hangouts On Air as their process because it's a very easy tool to use. Right, Stephen?
1: Absolutely. A great example of this comes from past guests of the show, fellow Gunna Geek Network member Chris Farrell. He actually shared on here his story about Hangouts On Air got him interested in podcasting. He started doing live streams because Hangouts On Air made it super easy. He got a bunch of friends to connect easily together. He let the video get created on YouTube. And then he took the video and he stripped out the audio and turned it into a podcast. It was his gateway into podcasting. And he's talked about that way back early on in the run of Better Podcasting. So what exactly though made Hangouts On Air so popular with podcasters both video and audio alike? Well, number one, what we just mentioned a second ago here, which was that it was really easy to use. Bridging multiple people together, multiple participants, was very easy to do. And honestly, it sounded really good. There was also the video aspect, which was handled automatically. So if people were wanting to do video, it automatically switched between person and person as they spoke, even if there was a slight lag on there or a slight video glitch or whatever, it still made it really easy for people to see the specific participant as they spoke. There was also some really easy to use features that helped enhance the streams. For example, there was lower thirds that could be added easily. There was a little bit of camera tweaking in there and also some moderation controls later in its run where the host could go and adjust the audio for different participants and whatnot. But a big reason why many people liked Hangouts on Air and found it so appealing was that for the bulk of its life, this was a very critical part. It was fairly reliable. Aside from some glitches with people connecting and whatnot, overall, once the stream went out, it worked well. I think it was only within the last year or so that Chris Farrell, the one I just mentioned, Talked about the first time he actually lost a video or part of a video because of an issue on the Hangouts on Air backend. That's a very, very, very long run for somebody who has basically been podcasting every single Sunday using this platform for many, many years. So, really, it has been fairly stable and reliable for podcasters. And also, some podcasters have used it as a backup service because of its reliability. We've done that occasionally on here as well, where we've used the hangout on error in order to somehow do a a backup or do a different bridge. We've done that before. So absolutely, it has been reliable overall for podcasters, which is definitely something if you're going to invest your time into, you want to make sure that that service is reliable.
0: So with that said, now that we've laid the groundwork to what we're going to be talking about, let's get to some related topics. Now that Hangouts On Air is slated to go away later in 2019, what do you do? So what do you need to do now to get your show ready for the future? Well, first, you should ask yourself if you want to keep doing video. If you've been doing video through Hangouts On Air because it's been a bonus feature or because it's been convenient, but you're not really invested in it, you're not getting a lot of views on YouTube, you're not getting a lot of interaction on YouTube, you don't think you're really being found through the SEO on YouTube may want to consider whether or not you're wanting to continue that video show. Now, over the years, we've experimented with a variety of services, and many of them just aren't as easy to broadcast live video to YouTube, especially if you're talking more than two people. So it's important if you're wanting to do video, go ask yourself, Are you are you willing to put a little bit more time and effort into it, even if you happen to find a service as easy as Hangouts On Air? it's important to consider there's always a learning curve, which whatever you're going to do now, eventually you're just gonna have to change over because the system's gonna go away. So you might as well start learning now, if you use your plan to go ahead and use video.
1: Some other things that you might consider as you move on is whether or not you wanna keep broadcasting to YouTube itself. Cause YouTube is not going away. We stream this show, not using Hangouts on air but we do have multi-person video streaming live to YouTube. And the reason why this is worth specifically considering is because there are other services that are kind of like Hangouts on Air where they bridge participants together and broadcast that video out, but they don't always go to YouTube itself. So you need to ask yourself, is this an important thing for yourself? Because some platforms have their own specific platform that they are broadcasting to, and some might go to another third-party service like Facebook or something like that. So consider whether or not you want to keep going to YouTube, and as you go through and looking at different options, you're going to have to ask, look to see if that is there, if going to YouTube is a priority for yourself. Another thing is knowing that you won't be happy, or at least there's a good chance that you won't be happy, right, SP?
0: Yeah, the reason why it's important to consider that you won't be happy is because as you experiment with alternative replacements, you could easily get frustrated or they may not have what you want. I mean, they might not be free. That's a key consideration of hangouts on air, or they might just not have the capabilities that you need to go easily, which brings us to our next point. Be prepared to make some concessions. If you can go into your next steps with the mindset of making the concessions, you'll be more open to them as you try the different services out. Anytime you try a new service, you may find that it's missing some of the things that you liked about the last one, for instance, free, right? If you're using a service tied to another service like Facebook, Consider that some users may not be willing to share their account for that, so it could restrict you on who you actually can broadcast to. As we mentioned, some services use a different broadcast method than YouTube. One of the things that was nice about YouTube was that pretty much anybody could watch the video with or without an account. You can go into YouTube using an incognito browser, not being able to log in, you can use that Incognito browser to log in, but you don't have to. You don't have to log into your actual browser either. So there's very many ways that you can view YouTube itself. And if you go to another service, which requires you to log into another third-party service that might not be as ubiquitous, you don't know if your entire audience is going to come with you. Facebook Live? Mm -hmm. Not so much. All right, so first of all, I don't have a Facebook account, so that's not going to work for the Stargate Pioneer. But if you do, it's an important consideration that if you're going to stream to Facebook Live, your audience is people who only have Facebook. And remember, in the past year, there's been a whole bunch of privacy concerns with Facebook, not just the fact that Facebook doesn't like Stargate Pioneer and booted me off. People have left voluntarily, so you're not necessarily going to be able to reach everybody. Steven, how can you future-proof yourself?
1: Well, you should start off by hiring Stargate Pioneer and paying him huge amounts of money to produce your video show for you. I think that that's the number one way, right?
0: Yeah, what what are we at? Like $10,000 an hour? Something
1: like that, something like that. But if you don't have that $10,000 an hour, what you might want to do is as you go through and you consider other services, consider that those services could potentially not be there long-term. When a service goes away, and let's be honest, Google Hangouts on air, assuming it's going away here, it's going to be one of the bigger ones that have gone away. You see a bunch of startups come up. A bunch of them will pop up, They'll come from the woodwork, and all of a sudden, you've got all these services there. And what typically happens is a bunch of them fade because they're not sustainable. So just keep that in mind as you go through and you experiment with different services, Are they going to be around long-term? And because of all these reasons that we mentioned that you might not be happy, are they going to be your long-term solution? And how you can combat that is by really, really starting to push heavily a redirection page. We've made it no secret for a long time that we think you should always have a landing page for your main places that you're directing people for your podcast. For example, when we stream live for this and the Guinea Geek Show, we tell people, Head on over to www.geeks.live because we can put geeks.live wherever we want to. We also tell people to go over to betterpodcasting.com to contact us because we can put that information where at whatever we want there and we can redirect that wherever we want. So if you're not doing it already, definitely get yourself a landing page for your live stream that you can change if all of a sudden you need to change services again. If you're not doing it already, get behind it now. You don't necessarily need a custom domain, but you could have it on your site. Like if you had betterpodcasting.com slash live or something like that. You also want to consider the potential longevity of any of these services. Take a look at them. How are they making money? Because if they're not openly making money, there's a higher chance they might go away. Lots of money is spent on bandwidth. And guess what takes a lot of bandwidth? Video streams. Video streams. And so if you've got something that is using a lot of bandwidth and they don't have a sustainable model, that's a probably a flag that they could potentially go away. We've seen that with all of these video services that popped up post Blab era. Hey, Blab's got some company now, but we do, did see all of these services come up post era, Blab era and what happened to most of them? They went away because they didn't have a sustainable business model.
0: Or they had technology shortfalls as well, which, by the way, talking about technology shortfalls, Google does recommend a replacement for Hangouts On Air, and it's youtube.com slash webcam, at least right now in June 19th, 2019. The problem is it's just one person. You're not connecting to anybody else. You'd have to use third-party software to do pretty much what we're doing right now in order to live stream out, which is essentially how YouTube works right now without Hangouts on Air. And that's a problem if you're just going for the easy fix of trying to get two or more people together on the same live stream. Just one webcam is not going to do it. You're going to have to inject a stream from something else, a switching software program or something like that in order for it to work. The other question that I would bring up with youtube.com slash webcam is how sustainable is that going to be as steven just mentioned what's the longevity of that going to be how long is youtube going to have the ability just to stream live on your pc or maybe your mobile phone directly into youtube those are considerations that you'd want to have about your show now technology changes all the time and even the next solution that you come up with you might eventually have to change from that within a year or two or three but you'd wanna try to get something that's gonna last a little bit longer. And with YouTube these days, I'm not so sure if anything new that they bring in is gonna last a long time. We've talked before about the Google Graveyard. Usually takes a while for stuff to actually go to end of life, but it has been happening quicker and quicker these days. All right, we're gonna transition into when should you make the change? Well, here's the thing. We don't exactly know when Google is going to abandon Hangouts on Air. Right now, it works. It worked for me last weekend. It worked for Chris last weekend. But who knows? It could be next month. It could be December. It could be December 31st. But they have said 2019. So that you got to take them at their word. It's going to be sometime in 2019. So depending on when you find your solution, it might be easy for you to switch. So why not go ahead and do it now? A good example of not changing soon enough was when Chatwing went away. For those of you who are longtime listeners, especially in the live experience of both Better Podcasting and Gonna Geek show, as well as Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., all of our live shows pretty much on Geeks.Live had been using Chatwing. And for a while we suspected it was on the decline. That was because a lot of people were using the free version. We didn't see a lot of people paying for the chat wing version. And the technology just kept on declining, didn't work sometimes, worked others, then it got stuttery, and then it just went away. I mean, we stuck with it, but it just went away. No notification whatsoever. Tried to pull it up one day, it wasn't there. So we got stuck scrambling at the last minute to find a replacement of some form we actually went through a few versions on all of our shows until we each found something that worked now wouldn't you rather get ahead of that before you have to scramble to find a new service five minutes before you're broadcasting your show so by getting ahead of it you can do some experimenting unofficially before you switch over it saves your audience from hopping around with you each week and that can ultimately end up driving people away because they're like, I don't know where to find you and I'm not going to go searching for you when you're live. So when you figure it out, I might come back or I might find something else to do because, you know, Wednesday nights thats bowling nights for most people, Steven. <laughs>
1: So the future of Hangouts On Air is really unknown. And if you are somebody who checks out the show live, you've probably seen a very active chat tonight as we've been going through. And one of the reasons why is because we don't really know all of the details about Hangouts On Air and it's going away. If you want to check out the article that I posted that had the screenshots in, you can at www.geeks.link HOA. So Hangouts On Air. I'll have that as well in the document. But ultimately, what Google has said in their two different messages that they put out, one says, quote, the classic Hangouts On Air streaming experience is going away later in 2019, For quick streaming, try YouTube.com slash webcam, end quote. And then the other says, quote, Hangouts on Air is going away later this year. For quick streaming, try YouTube.com slash webcam, end quote. So really, they are trying to direct people towards that YouTube.com slash webcam. And presumably, if they're telling people, hey, we're going away, try YouTube.com slash webcam, what we see there is probably what they're going to be offering if they're getting people to try it now. I, I, it would be weird to say, hey, come try this out, but there's new features coming soon. So we're hoping Google will give us more information soon because it is all really vague. But if I was somebody using Hangouts on air because of the vagueness, because it just sort of came out here because they're telling people to go to youtube.com slash webcam, I would definitely be trying other services because really you don't want to be in that chat wing example where it does go away. And you're kind of pooch trying to look for different options. So what exactly are some services that you might want to give a try to do audio conferencing or do video conferencing? Well, come back next week because we have actually got a whole episode dedicated to talking about these, which, by the way, I want to say we had on our slate before this all happened. It just happened to work out really, really well with the timing. And so we're rolling it into that and we encourage you to come back next week because we'll have a bit of a summary about some different services. Some of them are audio only. Some of them are video and audio. So definitely come back next week and we'll talk a little bit more about that. If you use Hangouts on air right now or if you're trying some alternatives because of this message popping up in your stream, please get in touch with us through any of the ways we would love to hear from you. And if you could send it to us as soon as possible, we do stream this show usually live on Wednesdays. So the sooner you can get it into us, hopefully we'll be able to get it into next show. Let's go ahead and move on to the Better Podcasting Download. Welcome to this week's Better Podcasting Download.
0: So this week I was paging through a lot of the news streams, seeing what was up. And I ran into a time.com article titled Big Money is Pouring into Podcasting. Some podcasters love it, but others are freaked out. Now, the article didn't actually go. I read the whole article. It didn't actually show anybody freaking out. That would have been great to have some podcasters go. Aah! Or even like Steven just did for the audio listener. But no, it just went into the fact that some podcasters like me, have been very concerned about this new resurgence of podcasting. I mean, resurgence is a bad word, but this new emphasis on podcasting and more importantly, the business part of podcasting. So go and read it. We'll put a link down in the show notes. But I want to actually point out some of the quotes of the article that are relevant to hobby podcasting. So, quote podcasting, once a low budget affair done mostly by hobbyists for whom financial game was rarely the goal, is now attracting big money. This is all true. We've gone over a lot of the changes in the podcast industry. We talked about Anchor being purchased by Spotify to the tune of way too much money, in my opinion. But we have a big land grab by some corporations with a lot more money than the space is used to and that concerns us hobbyists and we've talked about before as long as the rss 2.0 feeds work hobby podcasting will still be a part of it because you can have your own website your own web hosting you don't have to use a podcast service although i do i use libsyn Uh, we talk about podbean also being a good service to use, there's a lot of other services out there, but we usually talk about Libsyn and Podbean, not paid by either, by the way. But if those went away, you can still podcast as long as the RSS 2.0 fields and technology and capability still worked. All right. So that was one thing. Another quote was, quote, "Longtime podcasters have mixed feelings about all the recent money and attention pouring into the business, unquote. Yeah, I'll admit it. There's been a lot of talk that I've seen from longtime podcasters of, wait, you know, I've been doing this for a while. Where's my payday? Or I am worried about my podcast not being able to be seen anymore. So, yeah, there are mixed feelings. And then you have people out there going, hey, this is awesome. We have the opportunity to make money through injected ads or being able to be paid for by companies that go exclusive. We talked about Luminary a few weeks ago. And the fact that you could get picked up to be an exclusive podcast for Luminary. Audible also went that way. Audible shut down its podcasting arm, I don't know, about six months ago or something like that. But you you are seeing a lot of this industry talk and about the podcasting actually coming into industry. So people are being able to full-time podcast, uh, not listener-supported, corporation-supported, And they earn their living that way. And then you also have the gimlets of the world getting bought up by bigger corporations, just like Spotify. Spotify bought Anchor and Gimlet, remember? Okay, so that's two of the quotes that kind of lead into this. The article's a lot longer and a lot more comprehensive. Once again, we're focusing on the hobby podcaster version of it. And so there was this paragraph that I am going to talk about here. Quote, certainly it's harder to get attention in the podcast world for a podcast than it was 10 years ago. This was said by Jesse Thorne, creator and owner of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network, home to shows like Judge John Hodgman and Friendly Fire. Part of the problem, he says, is that as already well-known names get into the business, it could suck attention away from outstarts. Meanwhile, podcasting apps have only so much room for recommendations, which is how new podcaster listeners tend to find their first shows. Quote, there might only be eight slots on the front page, that's mostly where people are going to click, or for that matter, on a card dashboard, where there's almost no space, On quotes says Thorn. There is the potential for it to be hard to get independent podcasts to the marketplace, and especially to get independent podcasts to the marketplace in a way that is fairly monetized. quote. End of paragraph. There's a lot in that paragraph. So I'm assuming I've never listened to a podcast on the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. I'm just for the sake of argument here. I'm going to say it's just the same thing as going to geek, right? Just a a hobbyist network that might be monetizing a little bit, but uh, a lot of independent podcasters. So something like that, right? And he says the problem is it's already hard to get into the game. Yeah, it is. We've had many episodes on that. The realistic expectations of starting a podcast. We talked about promotion about 10 times so far in the podcast. We'll talk about promotion even more. But yeah, there's a big issue of getting noticed in a podcast landscape that's seen 700 new shows per day and a total amount of podcasts in Apple Podcasts right now, about 750,000 shows. Hard to get noticed in that.
1: Yeah. And I think that it's, uh, this whole article is worth as a hobby podcaster, just keeping in mind that as money does come into the space, Things do change, like if all of a sudden a big corporation is putting money behind a podcast, well, you might see some more production quality or you might see all of a sudden them scooping up the names that might be being interviewed on that or whatever it is, right? They probably have pull of some form. And so that could have a ripple effect on other similar podcasts. Definitely worth considering, as well as the fact that Stargate Pioneer is a great example on somebody who really doesn't like to have fun in podcasting because he just said he's not listened to the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. I think his number one thing that he listens to is the little bit of fun podcast network, not Maximum Fun.
0: Just just a little bit, yeah. Well, that's all fun and games, <laughs> but uh, now I got to find their network and their shows and listen to them. Jeez, Steven, make me do work. <laughs> <laughs> The next thing that we're talking about is actually in podcast app or anywhere you're displaying podcasts in any sort of distribution are talking about. There's only so much room on a front page. Well, that's true. And mostly with Apple podcasts in the past or iTunes, you're seeing some major shows in there with a lot of backing. And even if you do get. Featured on the front page, it might not be worth all the clicks that you think it's going to be, where you think it's going to be hundreds of thousands of clicks. might only be 100, 200, maybe even a few dozen, and you might get a listener or a subscriber out of it, but it's not going to propel you into being able to podcast full-time. It's just not going to work. Maybe you get featured over and over and over again on various different apps and you have a lot of media buzz around you, but that's different than just getting featured. The other thing I think is kind of funny because we've been talking about it on the getageek.com show the last couple of weeks, I actually picked up a new vehicle with Apple CarPlay in there. I've been having some fun. It's not a brand new vehicle, by the way. It is a used vehicle, but I've been playing with that screen on there and using Overcast with it. And yeah, that's right. You only get so many options that you're actually seeing. And if you're not one of those options, and let's face it, the people that pay money are going to get options and the people that can afford to pay the money in order to be promoted in those slots are the professional podcasters when those ones that are corporately back. So you have to just admit that they're going to get the promotion. Now I've heard people that have started listening to those shows and say, wow, well, you know, I'm tired of listening to this show. Last podcast on the left. we reply all the, you know, the big show, Serial. I'm sick of that stuff. I want something new. And then they discover other shows that, well, so eventually it could work well for you. And they go searching for other things, but you still have to have that SEO within the app, within Google. We've been talking about this for the last year and a half, guys. I mean, you you have to compete at that level. And it's something that you... Have to admit that you are playing in the pool with big boys and or girls or, you know, ladies, whatever. And yeah, you you have to be doing things to make your podcast better, which is why it's so important to listen to better podcasting or get your news somewhere else that you can depend on to help make your show better. So, Stephen, I, I, what do you think about the discovery? I, I don't want to call it the discovery issue, but there it is. The discovery <laughs> issue on on the apps like he's saying there.
1: I think that that's definitely something that is probably going to continue to be a problem because if you do have any uh, places that are big and they do have a featured page, generally, whenever you see anything like that, there ends up being the possibility to buy said real estate. We've seen that happen with other uh, mediums and things as well where those can be bought. And so maybe we end up seeing that happen as well where it's now full of corporate podcasts or whatever. I think that this is definitely something that's going to continue to develop and it's probably going to continue to be a bit of an issue. But that's why I say that if you like a podcast, talk about it. Always good to recommend because you can be that podcast's biggest advocate for sure by recommending it to somebody. You never know who is interested in it. And you know what? So you you say, hey, cool. I, I have that shared interest as well. I listen to this podcast, A, B, and C. And that person might ask you for more or they might ignore you. It took three seconds of your time. Three seconds. Who cares? And at the end of the day, you're at least trying to get that person some more listeners. So definitely try to do your part and recommend the podcast that you listen to. And also, I guess the last thing that I would say here is uh, hire SP with his consulting fee for $10,000 because then he can go ahead and put some of that at, that money into better podcasting so we can buy that featured real estate.
0: We joke about that often on the show. I just want to, like, to set the record straight. If you ever on Reddit or approach me on Twitter or in our Discord server, you know that I don't charge anything for my advice. It might take a little bit. Matter of fact, somebody asked me a question. I think I got back to them two weeks later, but they were really appreciative of my insight of what I was able to provide. So just to know, since I'm not getting paid, it might take me a few days or weeks to get back to you. I do intend on getting back to you, and I love giving you my knowledge and I know Steven's the same way. And oftentimes if you email us a podcast at betterpodcasting.com, one or the other of us will respond to you. It just might take a little while. And we liked to do that. And uh, the last thing that I'll say here is they're talking about monetization. And I know we talk a lot about promotion and growth on this podcast over the past four years. The best thing to do is just to start number one and to create great content. Once you get that done once you actually have a show and it's producing i don't care if it's in season if you're doing an audio drama or if you're doing a weekly show like we do if you're producing you're actually making great content that is the first key because if you're not doing those two things you're not going to get to the point where you could monetize Or throw whatever show you're doing on a resume to go work with a corporation in podcasting or something like that. If that is your dream, because I know a lot of people it is, you can't get there without doing those first two things.
1: in the better pod back here in our feature block I think that waffles paid us to have his highlighted first is that correct he, he was the one that paid for it right
0: he did he paid me $10,000 an hour <laughs>
1: in our discord server that's a joke waffles didn't pay us anything uh, waffles said I seem to remember hearing rumblings of a wood turning or woodworking podcast while listening to some episodes anyone know what I'm thinking of we're trying to get the father-in-law into podcasts and I'd rather not send him some random links if I don't have to. And SP, we knew exactly what this was. I was, uh, I was away, I think, or, or away from my phone when this all came up. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was right on my mind as soon as I read that.
0: Right. So first of all, I will have to say, I've been in Waffle's position before with my dad, who loves to weld. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, See if he likes welding podcasts. So uh, I got him into welding podcasts. So I know what he's saying here. He wants to know a good woodworkers podcast. He knows that we talked about one before, and yes, we have. My response was. <laughs> That would probably be our longtime listener, Diami Plotke from the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. And I gave him the link there, which is modernwoodworkersassociation.com slash podcast. So, Diami, if you happen to listen to this, let us know. You got a new listener courtesy of us and Waffles.
1: By the way, you can also link us the episode. Uh, SB and I did co-host that once, I believe. We did we did oh, we did yeah, co-host we that. Did. Yeah. I forgot
0: about that. We yeah. co-hosted it wasn't the Tijuana Party episode, though. No, it wasn't.
1: Lots of varnish involved. Uh we also had Dorabell Productions say I listened to some audio from a pod mic, and it sounds okay for dialogue, but that is it. Not a very versatile mic, but it looks cool. This was because apparently pod mics are being found a little bit more commonly now. It looks like some Other vendors may be carrying them now, and so we're seeing them out in the U.S. more. And I say the U.S. because, truthfully, I've had multiple occasions over the last few months when everybody's been waiting to see them for sale, where I literally could have bought it. I actually have tweeted photos just to make people jealous, I'll admit it, that I I literally had one right in front of me, and I've I've actually been able to get them long enough that they've been on sale and then off a sale several times, so... Obviously, something with the distribution channels and how they come to Canada and whatnot, where they were more readily available in Canada, but still haven't tried one yet, maybe in the future.
0: Damien, the DM, responded, and he said, I'm sure it beats the Yetis it is competing with for quality while having the presence of the EVs, or Electro Voices, and SM7B's most big streamers use. Well, when we finally get our hands on one, we'll let you know what we think about them. I already have some notions in my head based on a lot of listening to them and the technical specifications, but we will see when we actually get our hands on one. Now, over in Twitter, Stephen was feeling a little bit frisky today because, well, it is June, which means it's summer in the Northern Hemisphere. So Stephen let this one out today since, quote, since it is summer in the Northern Hemisphere, and no offense to our followers in the Southern Hemisphere, but at Steven John wants to know if you've been, if you've ever been sunburned while hashtag podcasting. He's pondering running a sunscreen advertisement during our show and the rest of the summer or during our show, the rest of the summer. Wow, Steven. So you just put it out there right now. You want to run a sunscreen ad on Better Podcasting. All right, so we got a lot of responses. Wynn Kelly Charles was the first to respond. Hey, Win, how's it going? And she said no. <laughs> that, that, was it. It. She, that was she it. She said <laughs> no.
1: Uh, we also had Jonathan Bloom say, I have had sunburns, but never got sunburned while podcasting. Now sweaty is another deal altogether. Yes, we all know that feeling when it's summer in our applicable region. Uh, computer problems happen people's pants are missing and all sorts of
0: things. (laughs) (laughs) Or you turn off the air conditioner because you're suffering for your art. and You don't want that fan blowing in the background on your recording. Yeah. Jonathan Bloom. Yes, we have all been there sweating. So rolling misadventures tweeted us back and said no sunburns while podcasting, but I draw the curtains closed in my office while recording. So the neighbors can't watch me yell at a wall.
1: (laughs) A fun fact on that, where I podcast, by the way, is is in the corner of my house and everywhere we live has rental suites. And the main sidewalk to the neighbor's rental suite is like, I don't know, six feet on the other side of this wall here, if that. So I, I occasionally hear them if they're walking by being loud, I hear them through the wall. So I wonder how many times have they just heard me laughing by myself in this corner of my house? So I totally hear you on that.
0: Yeah, because they can't hear the other end because you use some sort of monitors in order to podcast and isolate your sound.
1: Absolutely. We also had Daily Detroit say, absolutely, have a few times, whether recording field sound, doing videos, or doing interviews on a giant porch that got toasty. Totally should have wore sunscreen. Yes, this is actually absolutely the case. There are people who do field interviews and things like that. So really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, a pioneer. I don't know if we want to make our neighbors think we're even crazier than we are. Maybe we should think about doing this on one of our shows sometime this summer.
0: Just uh, figure uh, it out. I wouldn't mind to- podcasting with you on your porch with the bears.
1: Yeah, that's true. I do have
0: bears. There is one last one that I want to talk about. It was given to us by at Gortiz three four five, and Geo said podcasters still have to go out in the sun, even if we don't podcast in the sun. Who do you think we are? Vampires? Uh Only some of us. (laughs) So if you have gotten burnt
1: podcasting
0: before, please
1: do let us know and uh, try not to do it. Wear sunscreen. It's always good to wear sunscreen. Wasn't that a uh, Baz Lerman song in the 90s or something like that? Wear sunscreen. I think it was.
0: I don't know, but as somebody that has had skin issues in the recent past, yes, definitely use sunscreen. And the closer you get to the equator, the more you want to just cake that stuff on.
1: And if you are one of our fantastic listeners who are not enjoying summer right now, we hope that you are enjoying not summer right now. If you got something that you want to say to us, please get in touch with us through any of the ways. Now, before we go, I just want to highlight we have a new member to the Gunna Geek Network, right, SP?
0: We do. We have welcomed a new podcast onto the network called The Crash Couch is a podcast dedicated to my favorite sci-fi property ever. It is The Expanse, which was canceled after three seasons on sci-fi. It was based on some wonderful books, and it is now being picked up for a fourth season on Amazon Prime. I was listening to some of their episodes. What they have in store for season four is on unreal because they're able to go a little bit more adult because they're not being broadcast on cable TV. It's going to be fun to watch that series and it is going to be equally fun to listen to the crass couch and just get a lot of great information. They have changed the format of the show. They have 32 episodes out there, but they've changed since episode one. And I've never been on a show that's done that before. Oh, no. Yes, I have. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, both Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Starling Tribune have morphed over the time. But they are on episode 32. They have actually gone out and gotten some recordings of stars or actors from the shows that are out at panels in cons and stuff like that. So it's just a great place to get a lot of information. We're very proud, very pleased to have the Crash Couch on the GunnaGeek.com network.
1: Absolutely. And welcome to the network. So for episode 186 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying sometimes I say something witty here. Other times I just sell this space. So if you want to go ahead and buy it, email Stephen at betterpodcasting.com.
0: And I'm SP saying I'm just having a little fun this summer. See you all next week. Bye.
1: This episode was sponsored by Sunscreen.
2: for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching. And we hope to see you again next week.